0: Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder.
1: The hallowed halls of epic productions here in red bank new jersey we are infinity x giving a stage and microphone each and every single tuesday at 7 p.m live to human excellence in the constant and never-ending pursuit of bringing value to entrepreneurs to business owners to like-minded individuals who are looking to expand expand and create infinite sales opportunities by merging ecosystems and having conversations folks with people like the gentleman that I'm introducing you to tonight. This is Matt Boudreaux. Matt, how are you this evening, brother?
0: I, uh, sorry, about that. I thought I had been un- unmuted there. My apologies. Oh. man. I was saying, I apologize for the attire, but not, uh, ran down to try to fix a tractor. Um, so that's some ranch living right there. So hopefully everybody's okay with that, but <laughs> life is good, man. Thank you for having me.
1: I, I hope all is all, I hope all is well, that ends well with the tractor, uh, chaos.
0: there's always, <laughs> always something to be fixed, man, but it's a good thing. Good problems to have.
1: Folks, we are Infinity X replay will be available on weareinfinityx.com and we are YouTube. I'm just getting some <clears throat> technical. Are we good, Danny? All right. So, uh, replay weareinfinityx.com, we are WeAreInfinityX YouTube, Apple, uh, Apple uh, iTunes, Spotify, all the different verticals that are out there. And, folks, uh, I'm really, really excited about this evening because I had the opportunity to meet Matt. Um, bit more than a month ago, Matt, right? You've been doing some uh, traveling, um, over the past couple of, uh, couple of weeks, but, um, what, what hit my heart is and I'm always so inspired by human excellence, you know, because it comes in so many different shapes and sizes. And what hit my heart is I'm a parent folks, you know, and I, I, think a lot of you are, are parents and you have children that are going through educational systems that, um, You know some are left to be desired right some are better than others Uh, i think we would all agree that curriculum today for kids looks a hell of a lot different than it did in years past and i have a conversation and matt i think you'll get a kick out of this i have a conversation damn near every day with somebody who says ah higher education didn't teach me this higher education didn't teach me that higher education didn't prepare me for what the real world looks like and the workforce looks like and Mm -hmm. so We're going to go incredibly deep on how Matt and his company are absolutely revolutionizing the educational system for the future of this uh, unbelievable country and this incredible, uh, this incredible country that we, we live in, but are preparing kids for what it's going to be like to live in the world that we live in now, the real world, the business world, et cetera. We're going to go real deep into that and we're going to go deep into the entrepreneur and how he built that out. But, um, Matt, why don't you just, you know, kind of take us through your journey a little bit, where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up and what was it like for you?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm uh California born and raised. Uh, so I'm in a, you know, I'm on a ranch now in the mountains of North Carolina. Uh, but that's a relatively uh recent transition for us, but California born and raised, you know, my wife and I both uh, grew up in the Bay area and we had the typical, you know middle class which is giving me the an advantage later and i'm sure we'll talk about that but um we grew up in the typical middle class kind of neighborhoods and i did the middle class thing where you go to school and you know you you play the school game and i figured that game out early so i got my straight a's didn't learn anything but i learned how to play the game of school Um, and when i got my straight A's.
1: when did you recognize that there was a game going on
0: five years old five five years i remember it very very clearly i remember sitting down and being grouped together and uh in in mrs mcshane's uh kindergarten class and i remember remember them putting us in different colored groups and i remember looking around as i was sitting at the table and i went okay that's the green group over there they don't think the green group can read very well that's the blue group they think they're a little better we're the red group and this is who they think are the best readers in the class And I remember figuring it out at five years old and went, hmm, okay, they're kind of dividing us. And so I started watching for patterns, you know, so I remember very early on, I remember also in third grade thinking, okay, I've got this school game figured out. I know how to get A's and make sure everything goes well without really having to put much effort in. Um, I I figured it out very early on. So, you know, so school became about sports. It became about girls, you know, and I got good at both and graduated (laughs) from high school and went, okay, cool. Well, I've never had anything lower than an A, mm-hmm. but now what? Well, I guess I go to college because that's what everybody says you're supposed to do, right? So I- Were
1: you the valedictorian of your high school, I would imagine? Um,
0: you know, I wasn't I wasn't the valedictorian. There was a lot of people with 4.0s um, through, and there were some that took the extra AP stuff to get like the four-point. That's when you could get hired, started to be able to get hired in that 4.0, you know? So- a
1: plus.
0: Um, a <laughs> plus, plus. Yes, exactly. Yep um so you know go to college and and get my get my straight a's there um was actually offered a job at the white house coming out which i had turned down which is a whole separate story but it was the same thing i got my straight a's and i came out and went now what i just (laughs) got better i got better at sports i got better at girls I, i now i'm in debt and i still don't know who i am or what i have to offer the world you know and so that was um, those ended up being really kind of key moments and key insights. Later, as I got back into the world of education, um, understanding that from that perspective has definitely helped. You know, as far as building out what we're building now globally.
1: And so, uh, folks, we are InfinityX. We are InfinityX.com. Replay there. If you do have a question for um, for Matt, smash that into the chat or uh, post it on the replay in uh, on. Uh, uh we are infinity x youtube when we replay the, uh, we when we post the replay of this which, which will be in about a week but um matt where did you go to college
0: uh, i went to a small state university in california chico state uh chico, chico state university okay. yeah went to and chico what is, state and uh, study there uh kinesiology Um, mean it was again i didn't know what i wanted to do or who i was i just knew i like sports all right so kinesiology there was a really good kinesiology program there and it allowed me to to work out for some of my classes Um, so that was, uh, that was what I, you know, I chose to do, um, you know, which was, it was fine. But again, there's nothing that I took out of it that I went, okay, well, this is now pointing me in a direction or really, you know, lighten me on fire. I, I applied to the secret service my senior year, uh, went through that entire process and was again, offered a job out at the white house. Uh, and was actually a secret service agent that talked me out of it, but he talked me out of it right before graduation. So I graduated and went, cool. Now, where do I go? You know. are you allowed to
1: speak at all about why you chose not to go the secret service path
0: um yeah i mean i don't want to blow his you know kind of his things the, no, the, no, the yeah. reality is the reality is he just he told me things that um that it came down to an integrity play where he mm. said you know what look i you it was a family friend, somebody I'd known for a long time. And, and he says, you know, you're you're gonna have to sacrifice your integrity. There are gonna be things that you're gonna have to say or not say um that are not going to be um, you know, accurate in terms of what's portrayed in the public. And you're just gonna have to go along with that. And you may see things you don't like, you may see things you don't disagree, you know, you don't agree with, um, but uh, you're going to have to go along with it anyways, and, and I don't think you want to sacrifice that integrity. He, he said, do what you want. You know, I just want to give you that heads up, um, and I and I took that to heart, and there was something in there where I just went, okay, um, I think that's not the route.
1: Got it. So did you have student loans?
0: Yes, sir. Sure did. <laughs>
1: so, you know, even so-
0: though I was working to put myself through, I left home at 17, never to go back and didn't want to take another dime for the family, you know, from the family, so I paid my own bills from 17 on, um, but I definitely had some student loans in there helping me with the tuition part of it. Yes, sir. What do you,
1: and, and I love that. But folks, you're, you're about to watch the, just the evolution of the entrepreneur right here. This is so phenomenal. So what did you do to support the cost of education while you are at Chico state?
0: Oh, I had multiple jobs. Um, while I was at Chico state, I was, uh, I worked for bank of America for, for quite a while. That was my main cause I could start working for them when I was 18. So I worked for them, um throughout the entirety of being there i ended up managing uh and or two i guess apartment complexes um so that i could get cheaper and ultimately free rent Mm-hmm. Um, and and i also as i turned 21 you know i did you started I, that, by
1: the way did you negotiate that matt where like you went to like if it was there like an opportunity for employment you went and said listen i'm going to manage this but i just I, I i need you to you know give me shelter <laughs> as a result of is, is that something that you oh mean? yeah
0: so it was yeah so it was the the first one was a very small complex and there was a uh, a big rent discount for you know, putting in like 15 hours a week or something like that. And and it was, it made it like 200 bucks a month. So I was like, Hey, I'm on it. But this guy had multiple properties. And I said, look, there's one property in particular that you have the minute that there, that there's an opportunity on that. I want to go take that position and I'll you know, I can do a whole lot more hours for I want that specific unit, and I want to have it for free. Um, and he wow. was he was fantastic. He was a phenomenal entrepreneur himself. So um, so I got to have that. And then I had always been a competitive uh, martial artist as well. And so um, I had started dabbling in mixed martial arts, you know, in college. Uh, and so a bunch of the fighter buddies were bouncers at a bar. So when I was 21, you know, I got to uh, add that to the resume too. So Friday nights and Saturday nights, I was out bouncing at the bar. So B of A managing the complex, bouncing at the bar to put myself through.
1: Amazing. Amazing. And so um you graduate, you recognize that you don't want to be a member of the Secret Service for a variety of different reasons. So now you're you're left with a mortgage essentially in student loan debt, right? Um and recognition that your education may or may not have prepared you to enter into the workforce. So what'd you do?
0: Yeah. So I, I stumbled upon my first gig. And this is one of those, you know, it's one of those things where I stumbled upon one, but wanted to do the best thing that I could while I was there, which led to multiple things. So I actually, uh, graduated, I walked, I was, uh, at a mall with a girl that I was dating and I walked inside, you know, to a store and they said, Hey, are you guys interested in, in potentially working here? It was one of these, you know, it was Abercrombie and Fitch, if I'm honest. So, you know, it was back. I was in shape at that point. I graduated was, was a whole lot better looking than I am now with all this gray hair on my face. And so, uh, they said, but do you want to work here? And I was like, I, you know, I don't know, man, I need a job, but you know, I need something that pays well. They're like, well, have you graduated college? I'm like, yeah, I graduated like two days ago. Um, huh. they're like, you can be a manager, you know, if you want to do it. So I'm like, cool, sign me up. Cause I need a gig. Um, so, you know, I ended up managing stores there and didn't, didn't love that. Like the people didn't love that, but knew that I was going to at least do the best possible job that i could and look for opportunities to move for be kind of that intrapreneur mentality right and so you know within a few months i was running the uh or as assistant manager at the san francisco store which is one of the largest stores for them Um, and that actually ended up leading i was there for a few years one met my wife there so that's definitely don't look you know back on that with anything um but fond memories two right helped a, a gentleman that came in again, just trying to go to the best of my abilities, helped him, helped his uh, helped his kids and we got done. He takes me to the side and he's like, hey, do you, do you like working here? I said, oh, I, I you love coming to work every day. I love getting to work with people. He's like, yeah, but do you wanna just stay here? I was like, well, I don't, depends on what you're talking about. He says, look, I own, I own a pretty big business. I would love for you to come work for me. I love your, your attitude, your mentality, your service. You know, I think you're a, um, you know, you're a natural leader. I'd love to bring you in. So long story short, he, it was Mark Mastroff, who is the founder of 24 hour fitness, um, part owner now of the Sacramento Kings, right? So I ended up going to work for Mark and running his flagship 24 hour fitness club in the Bay area in San Ramon, California. Um, And it ended up being the same kind of story. was there a couple of years And then somebody kind of recruited me out of there and went hey we've got a really good opportunity for somebody that can stand up and speak at stanford university and so that's what put me back into the education game Uh, i actually went to state went to work at stanford first
1: what and what and so who was it at stanford and what was it that you went to do
0: yeah so the the gentleman was the head he was the controller for the entire university right so he Uh was the head of the in all of the finances and what they were doing was they were putting together a corporate training uh, platform they didn't really have that they worked with everybody on campus they worked with staff students parents um you know professors they work in every aspect and they were putting together kind of this training thing and he's like hey you know i watched the way you're dealing with things he had seen me do a, a seminar 24-hour fitness he's like you're a good you know good communicator i'd love to have you um come join us there so i got to really see the ins and outs of the university from all different perspectives which was the start of me saying hmm i remember that game i played when i was five interesting they're still playing a game here at the elite levels of the university there's still a game going on isn't that interesting Mm. um and so that you know was was again pattern recognition there and and, uh kind of lit you know lit the fire for a whole bunch of things we're not
1: just talking about joe schmo university we're talking about stanford right you know like the elite of the elite and so What Matt, let's go back, you know, let's go into the curriculum here for a moment. What was the curriculum and the training centered around? Was it just universal? Like what was the education component of the curriculum that you were meant to deliver?
0: So that was, it was all, depending on who the audience was, it was how they deal with the financial side of the university. So, you know, if I was working with the parents, it's how do they, um, pay the, all the different programs around how they can pay tuition, how they can get money to their child, what they can, you know, of course, trying to funnel them to be future donors it was all that stuff. It was with the young people. It was teaching them how to come in and actually handle their business and pay their bills and do their things on campus, depending on where they were. Um, you know, with the the professors, it's the reports they had to submit. Um, it was all just, you know, it wasn't anything that lit my fire but I liked working with people and, and had, a you know, I had autonomy there too. It was like, Hey, develop this curriculum. How do you want to deliver it? You make the schedule on this, um, which that really, you know, I always credit Stanford for making me unemployable um, really in the long run. It was like, okay, I need this autonomy. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And by the way, if I don't have somebody telling me what to do, I'll do it twice as good of a job because I'll work harder than I would have. Um, you know, if I had somebody else kind of kind of you know putting the shackles on. So um it was all around the financial aspect of it.
1: Incredible, incredible. Folks, we are InfinityX. x replay on we are we are infinity x YouTube. And so Matt, so you're starting to identify patterns here yep. right? going all the way back to when you were five years old, you're seeing the the, yep. the separation, but also And we're not talking about it again, any slouch, but what types of inefficiencies in the delivery of content to the consumer, or in this case, the client, which is the student of the university, who you're seeing and, 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 and what, what aha moment did you have that caused you to take action on moving into the next chapter of your entrepreneurial journey?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So there was a, there were. Two things that really struck out when I was presenting there at the you know at the university level and people say, oh you' were a professor at Stanford I was not a professor at Stanford I was a, a corporate trainer and one corporate trainer to the year at, at Stanford um so there was a couple of things one it became very obvious and this is more just kind of natural and more intuition and, and everybody kind of gets this whole thing is that you can't teach somebody something they don't want to learn. Right. You can't actually teach. I've actually come along to to the point of view where you can't really actually teach a human being anything you can show them, you can invite them to learn something. But ultimately, if I go to David and say, I have got a gift for you. Here you go. It is upon you to receive that gift. And so it was very apparent early on. It's like, well, I could pick out. It's like, okay, he doesn't care at all what I'm talking about. He doesn't care. And I can try to entertain and I can try to make it. You know more fun, but the concepts aren't always sticking because they don't. You know there was not no investment. You know from the other side, and that's school in general, right? That's a big part of just the system of. You know, there's a sage that delivers the information um, to people. So I saw the inefficiencies there, but I also saw the inefficiencies and the. Um, you know the. The fact that like in the admissions process it wasn't entirely the meritocracy that everybody had been led to believe culturally speaking it's not just the best and the brightest get in all the time no the richest will get in for sure because you're future donors doesn't matter if you get a 1.7 gpa if your dad is so and so your mom is so and so welcome everybody knows about aunt becky you know Mm -hmm. from full house right man that's a game that's been played and still being played at many universities and multiple levels um so seeing the the non-meritocracy seeing the game of like well if we admit more than five percent of our applicants well then we lose our elite status in the us news and world rankings well what if eight percent of those people based on what stanford says are the you know this is how you get in what if they all "Ah, we can only go five because we don't want to mess up our rankings right it's this it's this game that's not really about the young people to the level it should be. Great professors, there's great human beings there. The system is not exactly what most people think, right? Yeah. So then I na- naively, I thought, okay, well, these young people are in a rough spot. What if I can go help them from, um, you know, I'm enjoying this kind of educational thing. What if I can really go um, kind of help them from the ground up? And that's kind of where I went into, uh, you know, the K through 12 system.
1: And Matt, let me tell you something. My man, Dave Hammer, who just jumped on one of my business partners, he put something yep. in the chat that makes a tremendous amount of sense. He said, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the flow of money in business. I, I could not agree with that statement more. Correct, David. Listen, you know, the bottom line, and I want to key in, folks, I want to key in on something that Matt just shared that I think is so powerful. And it's with any business. And let me liken it to our business for a moment, right? So, in, you know, financial services, right? We're really in the you know, we're we're wealth creators, quite frankly, you know, and and do things that, in my opinion, a much, much more high octane level than what you typically run across in our industry. But our industry, whether you're in a warehouse or you're independent or wherever you are, is littered with really good people. Right. You sure. just mentioned at Stanford, really good professors. It yeah. wasn't necessarily a human problem. It was a systematic issue, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at our business. I believe that people in general are being given more oftentimes cookie cutter advice as opposed to real proactive advice, not because of the human delivering it is a bad human, right? Or is it a thought leader or anything of that? The system that they were brought up in is flawed, is flawed, right? And you see it. Just go look up the 401k, folks, right? Oh, yeah. The person that invented the 401k wrote a white paper on
0: why he hates the 401k. So oh, yeah. I <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah,
1: it, I really identify with that, Matt.
0: Yeah, man. And that's you know, it plays out in a number of ways, right? You've got um from again from the university standpoint and i did uh anybody listening man i highly recommend i did a movie with uh with dennis prager and adam carolla called no safe spaces Uh, a few years ago it's on amazon prime um highly recommend checking it out we take a dive just a little bit into some of the things that are going on at the university level um but you know again some of these things some of these things uh systemically you know i knew some great professors that wanted to um, take their science class down uh just a, a, the theory of intelligent design. They're just going, okay, from a biological perspective. Let's talk intelligent design. Is this a theory that could play out? Don't even say it. If you say that, you're talking about God. They're saying, no, no, no. I just want to talk intelligent design. Nope. If you say that, you're talking about God. You. Good luck on your tenure, right? Like you're not going to gain tenure for that. There are certain things that don't are just look up.
1: Bad. Right. Uh-huh. Don't look up.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so, you know, when you start seeing things like that, you're going, okay, well, then what, what are we doing here? Because higher education shouldn't be about indoctrination. You know, any education shouldn't be about indoctrination. It should be about, you know, opening up uh, every idea, throwing everything on the table and then examining it to the best of our ability. And if I come to a different conclusion than you, we understand each other. Okay, well then let's have a conversation around that. Some civil discourse, understand we're going to find things we agree on, things we disagree on. Right. And we both move on and go from there. But Um, that's hardly ever the case Uh, and it's not just at the university level it is now k through 12 as well
1: so what did you do about it matt
0: so i ended up teaching um i left so my wife and i we put the cart before the horse and we both we uh we ended up buying a house in the sacramento region of california before we had jobs um just trusting that We were gonna have you know we bought it on our stanford salaries she was working at stanford at the time too and um we moved out there and went cool we better find some jobs and i decided i wanted to teach because i was gonna again being naive i was gonna fix it from the inside out um and ground at the ground up you know so i went in as a public school teacher and uh was what i called creatively insubordinate um because i was told that you know students needed x and i was doing y Uh, and i was actually brought in by a superintendent at one point who said you know you're not following what we're asking you to do and that's a problem but the bigger problem is all the other teachers at your school love you the kids absolutely love you the parents absolutely adore you everybody you know you're everybody's favorite teacher so you're putting us in a really hard spot why do you think this is
1: you
0: know and i said well i think it is because i want to do what the kids need you guys are telling me you know this you know you guys are telling me that juan needs algebra but i'm telling you that juan goes home and his older brother is the only one taking care of him and his older brother has a tattoo across his neck and he's making juan get out there at 13 and sell drugs and i'm trying to help juan choose something different i'm trying to help juan see his worth and his value and his genius and algebra is not what he needs right now i know that's what he needs as far as bringing money into the school but that's not what he needs in terms of his life so that's why we're. That's why there's this disconnect, right? And so, um, you know, I I taught for a few years, and then again, naively went, "Well, shoot, man, uh, now I'll fix it. I'll go be a, a school administrator." Um, same thing. Same same. Uh, you know, same kind of journey where you're going. Look, this isn't about the kids, um, which led me to private schools, which most private schools aren't about the kids. They model the same thing. So ultimately, I left it to uh, start my own start my own schools.
1: So. You went and you started your own
0: schools. And first of all, where'd you get the funding for it? Bootstrap, man. I worked. <laughs> so so <laughs> you know, trying to be trying to be smart about being an entrepreneur and then going, okay, how do I structure this so that um you know I can get some some of the initial tuition funds up front. I can use those funds to help pay for people, and I'm gonna still work on the side too. So in my while i was in education this is a relevant part while i was in education i started speaking out against what i was seeing systemically which started leading organically to some other speaking gigs which Uh. i then right and so i got i i got pegged for my first ted talk was in 2015.
1: uh, everybody pause here pause 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 because matt this is so good this is so good so folks what matt knew is that he wasn't going to be able to solve it independently by himself. What he saw was that he was going to need a bigger stage and a bigger microphone. Maybe he didn't recognize it at the time, but the whole premise behind what we are doing here, infinity X, what Matt is doing, is to create for yourself a larger stage and a larger microphone to put out a message that you believe needs to be heard. Whether or not people receive that is their choice. But 100%. Matt knew that he needed to have the opportunity to put that out there. So Matt, keep going, brother. Keep going. percent.
0: No, I appreciate that. And you need to put that message out, even when, you know, it does, it's not a, ooh, do I put that message out or continue doing what I'm doing? You don't have to sacrifice it. Sometimes you got to do both for a while, right? Like that's the sacrifice, it's the time sacrifice. So while I was still working in schools, I'm speaking and I'm doing smaller and smaller conferences. That TED talk that I got pegged for opened the doors for all kinds of things. And I had a research firm go, Hey, what you're doing in education, this paradigm shift, well, we're trying to do that with Fortune 500s. We have more clients than we can handle. Would you come take a look at our, our research? If you like our research, would you come speak for us in the biggest Fortune 500 clients in the world? So I said, absolutely, looked at their research, love what they're doing. And so this gave me the opportunity to quite literally be on big stages all over the world. So I did this to make money while I, when I was home, I started building out the schools. Um, And so then I could make money here enough to support the family, enough to, I'm being smart over here, but then enough to also funnel money into here to be able to grow this. So um, was making enough money to, to be able to do both, which, in some years meant 65 keynotes a year and one year that I did 65 five of those were in california the other 60 were out of state or out of country right so, so i was on the road all the time um and then when, as soon as i was home i was working on building these schools so all that to say my wife is a superhero
1: of course absolutely. oh yeah that's exactly what was going through my mind right there man yeah man you know? yeah, but you know superhero. But when, when it's supported, when it's supported at home, when there's buy-in, by the way, she wasn't going to buy into that just because, you know, Hey, you know, it's got to, you know, you actually had to educate her on what the outcome could look like. Right. You know, you, you had bet. to educate, you had to show the vision and you had to show that there was going to be steps in business
0: strategy to execute on the vision. Right? Well, you bet like that helped, but here's what else helped. She and I had been together for a while and here's what she knew. She knew that if I said I was going to do something, I always did it. She knew that I don't make contracts and then not follow through on those contracts. And she'd seen that pattern for years on end. She knew that if I said I was going to take care of something, I was going to find a way to take care of it. You know? So when I said, Hey, I think we need to, I think we need to do this. I think we need to open, you know, open this school. Um, she's like, cool. Tell me what you need. Let's roll." folks.
1: We are infinity X stage and microphone with human excellence. And we're joined today by Matt Boudreau. Um, and, we're just the 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 evolution of what Matt has created here is just fascinating beyond belief. Um, You know the the the, the dissection of systematic failure, right? Recognition, valid points, right? Recognition of it is is just it, it's it's absolutely blowing my mind, Matt. So the schematic for a school, yeah, then essentially built, right? You took the time to you took the time to research and to build it out talk about the foundational pieces of the school that you decided to launch when you launched it what the steps were in terms of enrolling and marketing for it take us into what yeah. happened next
0: so the and david i want to get to your you know i see what you wrote there too about your daughter too so i definitely want to make sure that i um, that i address that on there so you know your daughter is and David's asking about a question of you know his daughter's about to graduate college and become you know k-4 through teacher in a charter school in the inner city in, uh in newark so she's going to see the system firsthand right and this is leading into answering um that that question as well she's going to see the system firsthand and i think it's somewhere around 50 percent of new teachers are done done with the profession in about three years at this point um because because there are good human that's at least you know what um I should clarify at least it's that way in California right now I don't know what the statistic is across the country but it's still high and the reason is because people I have no doubt David's daughter is a phenomenal human who wants to help kids that's why she's going into this most people do and then they go in and they go oh wait I'm being handcuffed I'm being handcuffed I'm being handcuffed and these handcuffs are not coming off I don't get to help kids the way they need the way I want and it's a frustration right and so you know honestly David she's either gonna um you know want to figure out how she can still make impact while still playing the game right almost like that bifurcation kind of like I was doing while I'm building schools while I'm on the road doing this and it's almost like two different jobs but it's one she's gonna need to either get her mind to where she can go okay man and I'm gonna make whatever impact I can regardless of the bs and the political garbage and all the nonsense that she's going to face or she's going to need to make as many connections as she can help as many people as she can and figure out how to parlay that into something else that is now an opportunity of running your own school or pods or something like that where she can do what she wants to do the way she wants to do it so i'm glad to be along that journey and help anyway david so um you know that's um, so coming back to the schools that I started, the biggest thing for me, because these schools, when I say, I say school, we all grew up going to school. So we all have an idea of what school is, right? What I build, they're not schools. They're work, maybe workplaces for young people. They're edu, you know, true centers of education. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but they are not schools as you and I know it. So the most important thing for me at the very beginning, just as it is now, is finding the right people. I have no desire to sell somebody on this. Hey, you should come here and here's why. I lay out, look, this is so different. You probably don't wanna come here. It's gonna scare the crap out of you. Here's what we do and here's how this looks. What do you think? And it puts parents into one of two camps. They either go, "Uh, cool, crazy person, see ya. Or they go, (laughs) Oh my God, sign me up now because I believe so wholeheartedly in my young hero and their ability to do and tackle what you're talking about. So that was the entire thing. So
1: by the way, did you you just hear what he called children? Young heroes. I love that. I heard him say that the first time that we met, I'm like, oh my God, I, I see this guy in my future.
0: That's it, man. That's what we call, I mean, look, genius, genius is the default DNA of a human being. I want you to understand that genius is the default human being and then other human beings us adults go through and start messing it up really really <laughs> early a lot of times we do it in parenting and we do it in school that's where we do it the most and so we start adding garbage it's like taking this beautiful pristine ocean and we start throwing a bunch of trash in it and then we go ah oh, why is it dirty well, We're throwing the trash in it right, and so the, the schools I build are all about preserving that clean ocean and if there's any kind of garbage there, we want to pull it away. And it's not doing school to the young hero, it is pulling things away so that they can experience education and get that DNA genius out of them to go forward and go change the world. Okay that's the whole thing, so we need the right mindset for that.
1: So folks, so we're about to go next level here because you're gonna see replication from one school to multiple schools internationally, by the way. I'm not just talking about here domestically, I'm talking about globe, you know, across the globe. Uh, it started with the first school. So, Matt, here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm a parent. Yeah. I'm a parent of of three, right? One who is, you know, God bless her, graduating high school um in two days. Um cool. I have an eight-year-old and I have a four year old. And uh, I would like you to talk to me as if I was somebody who is evaluating if I wanted to send my eight-year-old to your school.
0: Mm-hmm. Walk
1: me through what that conversation looks like.
0: Yeah, that's a really good. It's a really good question. I like that you asked that. And it's ultimately been we have had to filter out so hardcore, but the demand has been so big that I have this question uh, from parents. In an auditorium every month with probably about a hundred prospective families coming in that we may have one or two spots open. Right. Ooh. And so inevitably these kind of things come up. So here's how I always start these conversations is I just let everybody know because again, I want to hit, I want people to, to hit the road if this is scary for them. I say, look, the ideal day on our campuses is that none of the adults show up on purpose, meaning none of the staff here shows up. The kids, the young heroes don't notice, they don't care, and nothing changes. And they say, okay, that's cute, that's funny. i like, no, 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 that's real. That's real. We can, and we will, and we have had that happen on purpose. The young people are wildly capable. So do you believe in the inherent genius of your young heroes? Do you believe that you have parented them in a way that they have got character? They actually believe in treating other people the right way and they acted out in their day-to-day life. Do you believe they have the ability to figure things out and to learn and that learning is a natural state of the human condition? Do you believe that they can take on 10 times more responsibility Then the culture says they can because the culture says kids aren't to be trusted and they were they said that to us too, which has now made us adults that believe kids aren't to be trusted. Right have we raised them in a way where we can actually give them a ton of responsibility where they can run the day. Have great fantastic conversations they can clean they can cook, they can make the entire day work, they can run businesses and make a ton of money uh, and they can help each other and teach each other in the process, do you believe that that's a possibility that's where I start because if somebody's like there's no way then great there's no way you just made it so it's not so but you just made it so for your hero because that's how you're gonna parent at home right so you know when I ask people what what do you want for your kids what do you want what do you want for your kids you've got a one somebody's about to graduate high school you got an eight year- old you want a four-year-old you look into the future what do you want for them as a parent no wrong answer what do you want
1: uh, for I, I, an equal playing field number one. Uh, number two is opportunity for them to expand on their lives and their wealth without the confines of, you know, corporate infrastructure BS. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, without, you know, without, I, I want a world where my kids don't have somebody who doesn't have a vested interest in them having a vested, have, having vested input on their growth.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, so a couple of of things I'm hearing is one, you said specifically, I want a world where, do you have control over what happens in the world? Of course. Do you have control over what happens, culturally speaking, in the world on some things? I mean, that you have control over your reactions to the world, but you don't have control over the world itself, right? And so I love that you said that because parents will start to come in, and this is where I wanna break it down because I go, you're right, like I, I want all of these things for my kids too, right? But the reality is we're not going to control. There are certain external factors you and I will never get to control. And we don't even know what all those are going to be. We don't know what things are going to be relevant. We're talking right now on a zoom platform in 10 years is zoom a thing. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. 10 years ago, this iPhone didn't exist. Or 11 years ago, this didn't still exist. still talk about Skype, right? Yeah, exactly. I know. Right? We so so have no idea. So there are certain things in the world that we're not going to be able to control. So it's much better in my mind that we control, you know, it's like, do we make a better world for the kids? Well, we can't do that. So let's make better kids for the world, right? Let's make better heroes that are able to go out there. Right? Wow. So what God. you are saying is you want opportunity and you want an equal playing field and you want them. And I like that you're saying, look, there are certain things that are within your control. You bet. And that comes from a mindset. So when we're talking about the young heroes and people wanna go, well, what is the curriculum there? There's a lot of things that we do to make this happen, but the curriculum is, self-awareness because you've tried so many things you know exactly what you're good at you know what you're not good at you know what you want to get better at you know what you suck at what you hate what you love you have a really good understanding of who you are in this world and how you can potentially impact it you also have a self-confidence level that has come from actually failing and doing some really hard things and having to get back up and being resilient and trying again you've actually done some things it's not a fake confidence because you've just been doing affirmations in the mirror but you haven't been backing it up no you've been taking on hard challenges having hard conversations since you were five and so now that you're 18 that's normal to you hard conversations and thinking is normal civil discourse and not bringing emotion into it and weighing evidence and changing your mind if better evidence is presented well that's normal to you running multiple businesses that's normal to you taking on massive responsibility normal helping people who are younger than you normal conversing with people who are older normal you we normalize those things early and so the 18 year old that comes out of that is an adult i know 40 year old children i know 12 year old adults The kids that come out of my school, there's the heroes that come out of my organization are adults and they're adults very, very early on.
1: We are Infinity X with a stage and microphone for human excellence right now, folks. If you are not eating up what Matt is spitting out, you are you don't have a pulse, quite frankly, uh, because I'm just looking at this. We i mean, he's 40-year-old children and 12-year-old adults. Like, what type of world is that? And I know for and don't lie to yourself, folks, each and every single one of you is doing self-reflection right now, myself included, saying, Am I a 45-year-old child? Um, you know, managing or you know, trying to parent an eight-year-old adult? Like, yeah. what is that? Yeah. What does that look like? And I'm reevaluating everything in our educational system right now. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Matt, I, I have to ask you a question. So that's all that. So as the parent, right yep. now I say, Hey, that's all well and good. That's cool. You know, it, that could be a whole bunch of lip service. How do you do that?
0: Yeah. So the best way you, so the, the how is the long tail game of how we eventually get adults out of the way. So we start developmentally appropriate, right? You'd looking at your five, your six, your seven year olds. Um, you got the youngest among you, they develop through play. That is what they need. They do not need to get, Ready for kindergarten, they don't need to get ready for and get academics crammed and get ready for tests and all. that is the worst thing we can do to a young mind that is not asking for it. If they're asking for it, great, Give them as much of that as they're asking. If they're not, you don't. So what we do is we set up our younger studios, um and it's a mixed age group. So in those younger studios, they'll be five, six, seven, maybe eight years old, all working together. And they work together all throughout the day um in a very very much like a Montessori-esque type deal it's very play-based it's very choice based but you don't give a young person they're not sovereign they don't have a you know a full understanding yet of what good choices are so you go look right now you've got choices a b c d and e what do you want to choose you don't have choices f g h i j k and l because those aren't good choices you don't give them those to choose from so you give them these choices. The choices usually have to do with, um, you know, game-based learning, some manipulatives where they can start to learn without, they just, there is, in their mind, they're just playing games, right? So they've got uh, times during the day when they're doing that. There's a ton of free play. They also, have, they also get into the Socratic mindset conversations. We don't ever answer any questions, ever. The adults do not answer questions, not one. We no don't deeper. and we do not lecture neither of those ever we do not do direct instruction so they may get direct instruction from some of the 17 and 18 year olds at some point during the day where they have tutors that come in to help them on specific things but it's not going to be from the adults it's going to be from the older teens that are coming in and helping tutor on things so what do, you do,
1: frame it, do you frame it with a question, right? So if the child comes up and asks you a question, then, then do you reframe that with, with a question back to them or how does that you work? Bet.
0: You bet. Depending on what the question is, it's like, oh my gosh, that's a really good question. Okay. How would you figure that out? What are we going to do to find that out? Oh my gosh, I can't, that sounds like an interesting scenario you have right there. I cannot wait to see what kind of solution you guys come up with. Come back and let me know when you've got a solution. This is awesome. You know, I mean, that's it, right? Like we're, we're reframing that. So they're learning every day, they're having Socratic conversations every day. And a Socratic conversation is usually a, a hard choice between a, an A and a B. The answer is usually somewhere in the middle, but they're learning to know I've got to pick one side and I've got to try to defend it and bring the best evidence possible. But more importantly, we implement the rules of engagement of a good conversation early so that they know what a good conversation looks like. They understand how to communicate, their point succinctly. They understand how to provide evidence. They understand how to stop and pause and listen to what somebody else says and reframe what they said to make sure they understand. They have these rules, right? So we start to put in these kinds of systems. If uh, if David Hammer comes over and he starts messing with me while I'm doing one of my jobs, we put in a system where I can say, "Hey, there's an internal monetary system where I can uh, utilize that to put him back on track." Uh, we create contracts in the studio of behavior they get to choose. So again, this it's a multifaceted systems that we implement one thing at a time until they get it. So that as you go five, six months into the year of a group of five, six, seven and eight year olds, they start taking and then it's like, OK, now the uh, the guide is also at the end of the day, you guys, I'm vacuuming too. who wants to vacuum. I want that to be my job. Cool. So that's going to be your job. You implement all of these things what you have five six months in is the ability to take the adult and the adult can be in the room make sure everybody's safe and they can watch and you will have five six seven and eight year olds run their entire day based on a schedule having adult level conversations treating each other with respect running each other through peer-reviewed um, social situations where they go to a jury of peers to decide outcomes of, of various things, referring back to tangible contracts of behavior saying, hey, David, you agree, you signed this contract that says this, you're not doing this, right? So it's a multifaceted thing. That's what when people say, give me the 30-second elevator pitch for your school. I can't. And if you want it in 30 seconds, awesome. you're not right
1: there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. That was exactly what I was just thinking to myself. You're not right 30- for it. I'm left. You're not- Yeah, exactly. Go back to normal school, right? Because That's right. Amazing.
0: You. that's right and so we are
1: Infinity x stage and microphone human excellence this is matt Boudreau. so matt i apologize i didn't mean to cut you off so what so so what's so so keep bringing it up. tell me more So now that
0: you've got that kind of foundation right they have they have learned and by the way in these games that they're playing in the having the olders come in and all this they eventually not only start getting um associated with you know, the academics of school, but they they will teach themselves or other students will help teach them how to read. Um, that usually ends up taking place right in that, you know, five, six range. For girls, a lot of times they'll go earlier. The boys will take a little longer sometimes, normal, um, totally good, but they've developed tight bonds. The social emotional is locked in. So then as they move up to elementary, the games just get more intense. The games get more robust, the games go more in depth. We're still not ultra focused on academia. The social emotional is still there, but they start to take on entrepreneurial endeavors too. They all launch businesses. They either (laughs) launch a new business every year. They either launch one every year or they take their existing business into perpetuity. So, and people go, okay, that's cute. It's a cupcake business. Maybe for some of them, you bet. But it's also pretty cute that we have horses because my daughters bought their first horses when they were nine and seven. They bought them.
1: So drop the mic right there, folks. Seriously. Some of the businesses are cute. Have you have you guys looked at the price tag of a horse at any point? (laughs) You know, it's not exactly inexpensive. That is that's crazy.
0: That's That's right. So so you know, it's that same kind of framework, but it gets expanded. They also start taking on more responsibilities on campus. They're responsible for going in and helping some of those youngers. They're responsible for, um, you know, some of the bigger chores, maybe cleaning some of the bathrooms on campus and things like that. They start to be more responsible. Then as they grow and get into, to and they start doing a lot more public presentations at that point too. And as they go into uh, middle school, that's really where they're going to tackle the majority of their academia. All of this 12 years of school to finish all of this kind of stuff. Our students will do all of that in Three, four years i mean depending on what they're doing they're setting their own goals as far as how much they want to tackle that they start setting those goals in the elementary studio actually like this is what i'm going to take care of today academically speaking during this time Um, and i'm going to plot it out today i'm going to really just focus on math that's really what i'm going to do i'm not going to do anything else so i'm going to focus on this and just knock this out because i know at the end. know at the end of the month i want to try to get this badge this badge and this badge that shows i've knocked all this stuff out so they start to learn to plan their own day in the elementary side so middle school by that time they're ninjas on taking care of their own you know stuff um and and again this just keeps going it's more and more responsibility so that by the time they're in high school they're running their own academics they're running their own collaborative projects they're running their own businesses they're responsible for making sure all of the younger You know studios are taken care of and and attended to they are working on internships and apprenticeships in the Community in areas that they want to work. And they're even doing things like my chef at my main campus is a student and he cooks real food every single day hires other students. um, You know and and it's his business and the parents pay him directly and he makes real meals organic meals, every single day um, and takes all the orders and right so they're doing adult level work. So it's a long tail game of doing it. This and the, you know, the, the other part of that on our side is making sure parents get out of the way because mm-hmm. there's disagreement in the, in the elementary school and parents are like, we need to call a meeting and we need to have the other parents there. I'm like, nope, they've got the tools to work it out. You need to back off and let's see what happens here. And the, yeah, but the there's upfront, that, it.
1: that has to be an upfront contract. I would imagine with the parents, right? But Probably what scares the parents off the most, right? I would imagine, or one of the things that scares them off in terms of enrolling their child or their young hero into your curriculum ahead of time. Am I right about that?
0: 100 percent it is. And so we actually have, yeah, preparing the kids for the real world, like no formal education. That's exactly right. That's the whole point. Um, and and I love what you said. You know, it's got to be a part of the parent contract.
1: It is literally
0: the parent contract. Meaning, at our first exhibition, so we do um the students will work on collaborative projects as well right they'll always have individual projects they're working on but every six weeks there is an exhibition of work of some po- of, of some structure that we put together and there's uh, a collaborative project that they take on and this may be just within their studio it may be the entire school working together um, there's a number of ways it plays out But then we'll have that six week boom, we invite the parents in the community in and there's an exhibition put on by the heroes. Right at the end of that first exhibition, we quite literally have a parent contract signing ceremony where the parents are signing this contract and making promises to their heroes in front of everybody else, because we want the parents to know you're accountable for leading this way at home too. You're accountable for leading by example. You're accountable for trusting this young hero to figure it out um, and to and to really be able to tap into that genius. And you got to get out of the way so that you don't muck it up,
1: folks. We are Infinity X with the stage and microphone for human excellence. My mind is just exploding right now. I mean, anybody who's a parent, and look, I don't want to generalize, you know, by any stretch. Everybody's unique in their own parenting. But uh, I look at you know my own parenting skills, and I'm like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I came up in the schooling system, you know? And I'm, I'm saying, if I, introduced, uh, if I introduced my children into this platform, I would have to sign that contract. I would have to get the hell out of the way because everything that I've been taught and everything I've seen is, you know, not provoking what right. this ecosystem of mastery is creating. Right. That's what was going through my mind the entire time, Matt, is that this is its own self-sustaining, evolving, and growing ecosystem where all of these young heroes are going to continuously expand amongst one another as they graduate out into the worlds where they're already running their own businesses, for God's sake. I mean, exactly
0: it. Right. Like that's exactly, that's exactly the thing. And I think you're frozen over here. So I wonder if you can hear me. Okay. Uh
1: sure can. Can you hear me,
0: brother? Can you frozen hear me? On Check
1: one two. Yep. Frozen you got on me?
0: my side. Can you guys hear? We sure can, buddy. Can you hear okay. us? All right, here we go. I got you now. It was frozen. I'm sorry. So uh um, so yeah, I mean that's uh that's exactly it. And it's you know, people go, okay, well, is this the is this the panacea? It's the land of perfect, and I go, No, 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 that would be just as dangerous. The land of perfect would be just as dangerous because the world is not, you know, the world's not perfect, right? The land of perfect. So it's the land of things are gonna happen, things are gonna break, they're gonna fail, they're gonna fail forward, they're gonna fail publicly, they're gonna have hard conversations with one another so that when they graduate, that's just normal, that's just part of life. And we had one of our graduates come back. So this young man um, actually graduated, walked across the stage, got his diploma, and then walked right into a you know $60,000 a year job that was normally the company had only ever and this is a national company they'd only ever hired college graduates but they hired him because of what they had seen throughout you know his tenure at, at the campus and at the school they hired him straight out of high school he went in and started managing these college graduates and so he's coming back and sharing with our high schoolers he's like yeah you know i mean you got these these guys that are you know that are reporting to me and it's so interesting they don't understand how to handle conflict at all so i'm having to walk them through our peace table process i'm he's revisiting all the things that we did as he grew up and he's now implementing that in the workplace to lead all of these college graduates who have no idea what's going on and again i'm not knocking i am i've got graduate degrees so i'm not knocking college graduates i'm just saying there are so many that are not prepared in the way that they could be and should be if we're really cared to pay attention, you know, Uh,
1: I I look, uh, Matt, I could not agree with you more. I graduated from my institution with a 3.0 BA in communications and literature. I have applied exactly zero of that. Well, maybe my communication skills a little bit, I would say, but literature has, has played zero in my world. Um, While you were speaking, I was thinking about all the different non-electives that I had to take during my college years, karate, golf things of that, I mean, off I actually, you know, am trying to apply. But, <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, yeah. but, but listen, at the end of the day, when I left, when I got that, that diploma and that piece of paper, the next day, didn't have the first clue what type of impact that I could make in the world. Very 100%. clear about
0: it right now, brother. Very, yeah. very, very, very That's clear right. about it.
1: Right now. That's but right. It took, took 25 years for that to develop.
0: That's right. And so many people never get there right or or they just follow the path that was laid out for them you know what would happen if we just unleashed a population of young heroes who had a pretty darn good idea and even if at that point they didn't know what they wanted to do they knew how to find out because they were still on this hero's journey they were still on this path they knew the cycle they knew the necessary steps of how to take on more responsibility and how to go to provide more value. And they knew some of the things they definitely didn't want to. What if they knew that and just had that head start and had the self-confidence to figure it out because the, you know, the literate here in the 21st century is not just, it has nothing to do with reading anymore. It has to do with your ability to learn and your ability to unlearn that's literacy now in the 21st century, because things are changing so fast. You've got to be able to adapt. You've got to be able to see patterns. You've got to be able to jump ahead of those patterns, go provide value and help people within those patterns. Um, and then as the world changes, you've got to be okay changing with it. Otherwise you're going to get lost, right? You got to have that kind of awareness and that's what our young heroes have. It's a vast difference.
1: Incredible folks. We are Infinity X with a stage and microphone for human excellence. We are joined by Matt Boudreau. Matt, the name of the school, And the company is what?
0: Yeah. So we are Acton Academy. So A-C-T-O-N Academy. So you can go to, if you go to actonacademy.org, you can actually do a search and we're in um, I think 41 states, 26 countries right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've got, you know, I get, we've got thousands of applications of entrepreneurs who want to open these in their, you know, they're looking, they're going, Hey, I want to open something like this for my young hero. So that's, I get to spend my day, a lot of my day talking to parents and entrepreneurs who want to build these and I help walk them through on how do we do this and how do you do this well and how do you build this in a strong fashion? It's pretty rad. Um, And we named it Acton Academy because Lord Acton is famous for saying, um, you guys have probably heard it saying, you know, power corrupts, absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely, right? And so it's, it's an uh, we're paying homage to that decentralization of power where the, all the kids have voices too. And that's how we run the organization. There's no mothership that comes in and goes what are you doing and better look like this and it better look like this we're all entrepreneurs that are running specific campuses and then we help each other i'll go to somebody for advice they'll come to me for advice we'll go to you know our friends in guatemala for advice and um you know our friends in texas for advice and and we all work together and we're willing to adapt and change as as new evidence presents itself that would be a better you know idea
1: so folks sneak peek alert sneak peek alert we're gonna bring Matt back because that is part two of this series. In what we are bringing value wise to every single one of you entrepreneurs that has been good enough to join us this evening for this past hour, as well as watching the replay, we are infinityx.com, we are infinityx YouTube. Next time we have Matt on, you're gonna hear about the business side of the acton Academy. Act Academy. Oh, you're going to hear about what it is, to, what it is to to identify. Um, the ecosystem and or the the, the geography, the demographics of where you would want to launch and why you would want to launch and how the business actually works and the vision for where this is going because it's going to blow the back of your head off. I am telling you right now, Matt. I this hour you. brother i gotta i see you in my future there are so many things that i think that we could do to co-collaborate together my friend your ecosystem and our ecosystem are a out are an unbelievable merger and um That's i awesome. i look forward to sharing the stage and microphone again with you brother we'll talk about that um you know off camera but i just want to thank yeah. you so much for what you've shared the experience strength and hope that you brought to parents Right? What you're up to in the world needs to be heard, needs to be seen, and I value it, my friend. I Thank truly, you. truly value it. And I, I cannot wait to introduce the business component of this to the entrepreneur out there because they may very, very well have keen interest in joining your journey.
0: That's awesome, man. I mean, anything I can do to help, any you know, and again, it's this is all about building resilient young heroes, and I think that's the way we fix a whole lot of the issues we're facing, man. So I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to spread the word, man, and anything I can do to connect and help and serve, let me know.
1: Incredible, Matt. Thank you so much for spending time with us, folks. We are InfinityX.com. We are InfinityX YouTube for the replay. This has been Matt Boudreau, Acton Academy, coming back to share with you entrepreneurs how you can build out. A, a really really impactful brand in your community. Folks, we are bringing value each and every single Tuesday live 7 p.m uh, replay again we are infinityx.com we are InfinityX YouTube Matt thank you for rocking with us folks thank you for sh- spending some time with us this evening. we'll see you next week on another episode of Infinity X
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.